If you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of Luke, chapter 15, this evening? It's a good night to be in the house of the Lord. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 24, the portion of Scripture many of us will be familiar with. I'm going to take this story in tonight, this piece of history. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. There is only one way home for the prodigal. Only one way home for the one that has wandered off, for the sinner. One way home. We all find place in this story, in this piece of history. Humanity lost and distant off living a life separated from the Father. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible declares. Living in our rebellion and serving our pride. And yet the Father watches the horizon longing for our return. Think about that, the lifestyle that some have given themselves to and embraced, this distant way of living separated from the Father, and yet He watches the horizon longing for our return. 
Some have come to Christ and then traveled, traveled away. They came to know Jesus and then they turned. They walked with the Lord. They were in the Father's house. They were a son. They were a daughter. And then they packed up and journeyed to another country. And there they wasted their possessions with prodigal living. And it became severe, and so they joined themselves to a citizen of that country. For the one who has never been saved, and so too for the one who was and has traveled away, there is only one way home. You see, we can't change the story. We can't rewrite the story. We can't alter the formula. We can't meddle with the majesty of what God has established. There's only one way home. Our feelings for the prodigal, those feelings don't warrant a new version of the story. Our relation or relationship to the prodigal, to a prodigal, does not warrant a new ending to the story. Let's share a quote. Vance Havner said these words, There is a trend today that would put a new robe on the prodigal son while he is still feeding hogs. Some would put the ring on his finger while he's still in the pigsty. Others would paint the pigsty and advocate bigger and better hog pens. You see, there is no robe until we are home. There's no ring until we are home. There's no killing of the fatted calf until we are home. Doesn't mean the Father doesn't love us. Doesn't mean He's not watching the horizon, longing for our return. But there's no ring, there's no robe, there's no, no party until we're home. Why are we off trying to paint the pigsty? The Father would never do this. There's only one way home, one way home. Number one, the stomach has to get hungry. The stomach has to get hungry. Luke 15, verses 11 to 16, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. The J.B. Phillips New Testament reads, he got to the point of longing to stuff himself with the food the pigs were eating. And not a soul gave him anything. The truth is, the prodigal has to get hungry. The prodigal needs to feel hunger. Don't go hand out begged lunches at the pigsty. God can get to a person through their stomach. 
God uses that hunger and He's longing and He's waiting for that. The stomach has to get hungry. The Living Bible reads, the boy became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the swine looked good to him. The Amplified reads, he would have gladly have fed on and filled his belly with the carob pods that the hogs were eating. But they could not satisfy his hunger and nobody gave him anything better. You see, the only food that can truly satisfy is the food found in the Father's house. The prodigal has to come to that point. The stomach's hungry. God can use that. God can get through to the person. The provision, the bounty, the feast in the Father's house. See, everything else is food for swine. The stomach has to get hungry. Number two tonight, the eyes have to be open. Verses 16 to 19. He would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, when he came to himself, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I love that it says when he came to himself, when he came to his senses, his eyes were open, and he understood that all this living has led to nothing. The wasting, the spending, the famine in the land, feeding of the pigs, where he'd found himself after what he thought was perhaps escape, the greatest life he could possibly live. His eyes were opened. The voice reads, what am I doing here? Back home, my father's hired servants have plenty of food. Why am I here starving to death? In the J.B. Phillips New Testament, then when he came to his senses, He came to his senses and cried aloud. You see, the Holy Ghost is working on people, and the Spirit of God is using deplorable conditions to open eyes and to bring people to their senses. If I go fancy the place up or daily delivered bagged lunches, I may keep that prodigal from ever returning to the Father's house. I might actually hinder their return home. The eyes have to be open. Number three, the legs of the prodigal have to do their own walking. Verses 20 to 24, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. 
and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. It's not Christianity when we travel to the pigsty and hand out robes. It's not Christianity when we travel to the pigsty and hand out rings. It's not Christianity when we travel to the pigsty and play home makeover. We can't go pick up prodigals against their own will and drag or carry them to the Father's house. There's only one way home. The legs of the prodigal have to do their own walking. So what can we do? What can we do? Well, we can pray for them. We believe in the power of prayer. That they'd come to their senses, their eyes would be opened. That they'd see the reality of their state, their living, the deplorable condition. We can show them what's right. We can show them the kindness of God. We keep the story pure and keep the gospel pure, keep the faith pure and the reality of Christian life pure. We don't mess with it. We don't try and rewrite the story or write a new end to the story. What shouldn't we do? Make the pig style to be something it's not. We can't make the lifestyle out to be more than it is. We cannot condone their union with the citizen of that country. We can't accept the lifestyle. The father didn't and the father doesn't. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. What shouldn't we do? We shouldn't head to the pigsty and offer them a robe and a ring. Adorn them with what's not ours to hand out. It's not ours to hand out. We don't carry a robe and a ring and go pass it around every prodigal because of relationship or our compassion. What shouldn't we do? Doubt the Father's heart for the prodigal. I think we need to be careful that we don't get too friendly where we're so, so friendly with the prodigal that it's next to impossible for them to get saved. Any lines drawn? Any righteous judgment? Or do we exit the Father's house and head to the pigsty and <laughs> feed them there? Declare things that aren't right, that isn't true. See, the Father longs for the return of everyone, every prodigal. Whether they've once been saved and walked away and journeyed to a far country or if they've never been saved, 
the Father's heart is that every prodigal would return. His eyes are on the horizon. Look at the welcome prodigals receive. Verse 20. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That's incredible. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. His eyes are on the horizon and he runs. Picture that. Father God running to welcome us home. Even when he knows what we've done and where we've been and that we've blown everything and wasted our lives on prodigal living. There he is. When he sees us, he's running. We should never doubt the father's heart for the prodigal. He longs for the return. Look at the celebration. Verses 22 to 24. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Not bring out some old rags, bring out the old robe. Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. This is the kind of welcome that awaits the prodigal. The one that's truly at the end of the rope, at the end of themselves, it's coming to Christ to repent, coming to the Father saying, I've been foolish, I've wasted my life, I've spent it all. Even everything you gave me, the inheritance, I ran out and I wasted it all. A deplorable living that I know you weren't okay with. And this is the celebration. This is the kind of welcome they receive when they come home. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. There's only one way home for the prodigal. And we know it's Jesus Christ. It's him alone. It's coming to the end of ourselves. It's coming to the realization that We've wasted our lives. That there is nothing in life. That all else is food for the pigs. That the best bounty and the best feast and the best food is found in the Father's house, on the Father's table. That's where the Father meets us. When we come to the end of ourself and we show up on the horizon, He runs. carries us home, walking with us. Let's have the worship team return tonight. Are you hungry? Are your eyes opened? Maybe that we're all in the Father's house here tonight. We can all find place in this story, whether we were born a Christian, quote-unquote, got saved along the way, always grew up in the church, or if we were once saved and walked away, or if we've just recently been saved and didn't grow up with the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we all can find our place in this story. Rise and come to your Father. And for all of us with a heart for the prodigal, I want to encourage us. Let's keep the story pure. 
The Father's counting on us. God's counting on us that we don't tweak the story, that we don't meddle with the majesty of what he's set forth and set out, that we don't run around handing out robes and rings in places we shouldn't be, that we don't go play home makeover at the pigsty, that we don't condone the lifestyle. I'm not saying don't love the person. I'm not saying don't ever hang out with the person. Don't get so friendly with the person that they think everything's okay and that your friendship with the person and the fact that you don't draw any lines or make any righteous judgment when you're around that person, don't allow that to make it impossible, next to impossible for them to return to Jesus Christ. Heaven forbid that we get in the way because we think we love them. We need the Father's love the way he loved them. We look and we wait, we pray, we encourage them, we stand with them, we don't run away from them, but we don't get into what they're involved in. We don't hang out where we shouldn't be hanging out, you know what I'm saying tonight? We don't talk and have conversations we shouldn't be having because somehow we think we're going to get through to them and they're going to see how deplorable their state is. We have to keep the gospel pure and the message pure. Don't meddle with the majesty of what God has set forth. When the prodigal was hungry and had come to his senses, would a visit from the father's servants come to bring him home have worked? Perhaps. But the decision to rise and head home is what the Lord is looking for. It's our decision, every one of us. Let's stand tonight. I can almost guarantee that every single one of us know a prodigal. Perhaps have one in our family. They've never been saved. It's a prodigal right there. But you know, let's do what's right. Let's keep the story clean and keep the story pure. And don't mess around with it and make the lifestyle out to be something it's not. Let's not put our stamp of approval on it. Let's hold to the standard of the Father. Don't condone the lifestyle. Don't condone the union, and this can speak deep, the union with a citizen of that other country. Don't condone it. Don't get in so close that possibly your relationship with them would hinder them from returning to Christ. Allow them to get hungry. Pray for them. Allow them to get hungry. Pray for them. Allow their eyes to be open. Allow God to use that, that hunger. And don't go carry them home and drag them home and think that you've brought them home and somehow now there's a party. Imagine if the story read that way and the story doesn't read that way. The father didn't send out his servant and say, head and go pull my son out and bring him home. And then we're going to have a party and I'm going to throw a robe and a ring on him and kill the fatted calf and give him sandals for his feet. father never said that. The father waited. 
The Father waited. So too we must wait for them to determine in themselves, I will rise and go to my Father. And they have to get up. And their legs have to do their, their own walking. Let's just sing this out tonight. And we'll close in prayer. Head out from this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, Jesus.